Hello there and welcome into this installment of the Career Competitor Podcast with me, Steve Meller. And as always, we are the show that seeks to light that competitive fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career. So excited to have Dr. Nadia Brown join us today and I'm going to be introducing her here in just one moment. But before I do that, let me turn your attention to two things. First and foremost, the website careercompetitor.com. Right there, you'll find anything and everything you need to know about what it is that we are offering as a coaching organization. If it's specific to something that you as an individual is trying to figure out or maybe the team and the organization is looking at working on we're able to cover both. So be sure to reach out to me, steve at careercompetitor.com if you would like to schedule a 30-minute consultation to go over whatever it is you need to go over. In addition to that, secondly, you're listening to the show, why don't you just go ahead and rate the show as well. Subscribe, follow the show in any way that you can, whatever platform you're listening to is on. Please take the time, especially on Apple Podcasts, to click that fifth star before we're done. And in addition to that, like I said, subscribe and also share the show. Let people know you're listening to Career Competitor and that it is, in fact, lighting that competitive fire within you. But for now, let's get to my guest, Dr. Nadia Brown. And she is the founder and CEO of the Doyan Agency. And the Doyan Agency has a singular obsession, which is that of increasing the sales results of their clients. Very much a unique company and Nadia is going to go into the specifics of what it is that they do. But what I love about this particular episode is that we really go through the years of how Nadia has gotten to where it is she is today. So much of it, so much of it is because of pursuing a passion. And if you haven't figured this out over 150 episodes of this show just yet, I am a fan of talking to people about pursuing their passion because it just so happens, people, that when we pursue our passions, more than likely, there's an opportunity for us to be successful. It means that little bit more to us to keep going, to stay true to ourselves. But the beauty of Nadia's story as well, she pulls in things like support systems and the powers that they can have when the people around you are able to identify that you are in fact pursuing something that you were supposed to be pursuing. So this is a fantastic episode for people specifically looking for that little bit more encouragement, maybe pursuing a passion or just to keep on going. And that can be in just about any domain when we think about it, whether it's your career, your company, your life for that matter, opportunities for you to learn from Nadia today about what it means to continue on to keep going forwards and know that success is eventually going to come. In addition to that, we are also going to be hearing about Nadia's upcoming book, which is Sell Like a Lady, How to Master Sales with Dignity, Class, and Grace. So I'm excited to bring all of this to you in this really great episode of the Career Competitor Podcast, and I hope you all enjoy Well, I am so excited to be welcoming in Dr. Nadia Brown to the Career Competitor Podcast. First and foremost, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're in sunny Arizona. Is that right, Nadia? I am here in Phoenix where it's nice and toasty. (laughs) Love it. Well, I'm in Baton Rouge, so we're toasty, but it's also, uh, it's kind of muggy as well. So it's a bit of a different kind of toasty, but hey, 
I'm so glad that we've got this opportunity to connect. It's been something on both of our schedules now for some time. Mm -hmm. So like I said, I've been looking forward to it, been really excited about bringing you on, but I am never going to do as good a job as you will of introducing yourself. So why don't you go ahead and tell everybody who it is that we're talking to today? Oh my goodness. Who am I? Who (laughs) are you? That's a big question right there. I'll tell you who I am now. I'm a wife, I'm a mom, Um, I lead a company called The Doyen Agency. It's a sales agency. We do sales training. We provide sales support. Um, my journey to getting here was quite interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I often say I was the least likely person to ever lead a sales agency. Like I started out in computer engineering. <laughs> like you can wow. imagine pocket protectors <laughs> down in a basement. Literally at one point in my career, I worked in a basement Wow. with machines. Um, and now I get paid to talk to people all the time. So <laughs> it's definitely been a massive transition. Well, we're going to, we're going to dive into some of that because I love, I love how people can take such a simple question as, Hey, tell us about yourself or tell us who you are. And you can immediately show a glimpse of just how much there is to a simple question like that already and and again like i said at the outset this is why i was excited to talk to you i i I can see your career journey uh when you look at things like the linkedins and looking at your websites and stuff like that so i was so excited to dive into it but you know this shows all about being competitive and and how that facilitates our journey on this thing that we call life we can make it about careers if we want that's all well and good but let's face it, our career is part of our life. And as mm-hmm. you alluded to there, mom, wife, all these sort of things, like these are these are roles and responsibilities that come with the territory, no matter what our jobs may be. Absolutely. So when I say to you, what does Nadia look like the competitor? What comes to mind? <laughs> I laugh because I think that most people, when they meet me, they don't really consider the fact that I'm actually really competitive. I think I did a really good job of keeping that under wraps. <laughs> but I am, so when I think about Nadia being competitive, I I, I definitely push myself. I set some really um, big goals for myself. And I, um, I can be really, I can, and I think sometimes people think about competition in a negative way, but I just look at competition as a way to really push Nadia to be the best Nadia that she can be. Um, and so when I think about, especially at this stage in my life, me being competitive, it's always looking at my performance as in all of my roles, not just in my career. And, right. you know, how can I do better? How can I be a better wife, be a better mom, be a better business person, be a better leader um, over, you know, where I may have been even some sometimes, even 30 days ago, it's like, girl, right. we need to, you know, get it moving. Right. But sometimes it's more like last year or whatever. So that's what I think about when it comes to competition for me. I love it. And you know what's funny is I, I don't ask that question necessarily every single episode because it can become quite repetitive if I do. But what I love is just throwing it in every three or four episodes because it reminds anyone listening that, hey, even if I'm not asking a question like that, if you're paying attention, there's competitive elements to anyone and everyone that joins this show. And that's what Mm -hmm. is the heart of this. Sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's less obvious. And to your point, maybe most people that walk into your office and you've got this amazing backdrop, this sweet 
pink t-shirt and they're just like this isn't a competitor right but it's just like underneath there underneath all of that is this driven motivated ambitious individual that is absolutely set in her ways in terms of this is what i want to accomplish this is how i want to show up and this is how i want to perform to your to your word there how i want to perform in all of my roles and that's one of the best things that's come out of all of our episodes over four and a half years now is it's not about just competing against the person next to you it's Mm -hmm. about competing against that version of you looking in the mirror and being comfortable with that version of yourself and being driven towards that version of yourself. So let's go a little back now. You talked about it earlier. We <laughs> joked about it already. It's been a ride. It's been a story to get to this point. Oh, yeah. When you look at how you first started on this road of your career to where you are today as a business owner, flourishing leader, where would you say at the beginning, where would you say you were as an identity? And, and what did that beginning look like for you? Oh boy. I think in the beginning, I, in some ways I was a conformist, to be honest. I'm the oldest child. Um, I was actually raised in the South, (laughs) Southeast. And um, I think a lot of that kind of played into my identity. And so even me becoming Dr. Nadia, like me going after my doctorate was because, not because I wanted necessarily, obviously I wanted enough to get it, but it was driven more so because it was a promise that I made to my granny. Hmm. You know, we had this conversation when I was 17 before I graduated from high school and because of her history and just not being able, even afforded the opportunity to get an education, that was a big thing. And so that was, that was our conversation. So I think, you know, moving into adulthood, there was a level of some level of obligation to just, you know, conforming, if you will, to what Mm -hmm. people expected of me as being a great student and, and that sort of thing. But there was definitely also that driven Nadia, like that part of me has always been there. Mm -hmm. Um, And even like with my high school, I went to a college prep high school. So for four years, I was being conditioned that like you compete right? To get the best grades, to get the highest test scores, to get into the best schools and how many schools that you get it accepted to. Like that was kind of, <laughs> you know, part of where I was bred, if you will, in that yeah. type of environment. So you didn't take that into your college career and on into your work career. Um, and so there's always just been that underlying Nadia. I think the biggest part that may have sh- shifted for me or just kind of blossomed, if you will, as I got older, was really kind of stepping into what does Nadia really want Hmm. and being willing to rebel, if you will, in some aspects and kind of go off the beaten path of what my family thought Nadia should do. So when I made the decision that I wanted to quit my corporate career and launch out and start a business, my family was like, wait, 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 what what are you doing, right? (laughs) You have all these degrees, you have this great job, what are you doing? And so it was one of those things like, what? <laughs> so <laughs> I think, you know, so that has definitely been a part, you know, of my journey as well. But um, through the years of starting out in a career in engineering and IT, it's definitely not a career that you see a lot of women. And so, you know, just kind of figuring out who I am in that environment, even when I left that, I went into like financial services. I worked in higher education. So, you know, there were just a lot of different things that as Nadia was kind of going through what it is and trying to figure out honestly what it is that I wanted. Um, 
but that's always just kind of been, you know, that thread of being a bit of a rebel, but, you know, mm -hmm. definitely being competitive <laughs> on yeah. the inside and just kind of, you know, charting out my own, my own course. God, yeah, this is, this is really good stuff. I, th I think there's something there that you said at the outset of the almost conditioning process of going through high school and, and being in this situation where you think, okay, high school is conditioning me to go to college and mm -hmm. college is conditioning me to go get a job. And that's exactly what it's doing. That, that's, that's, that's what it's there. It's serving a means to an end in many ways. So mm -hmm. with that being said, it's, it's understandable that you would enter the workforce and say, hey, I got to go do this. I got to go do this. Keep checking boxes. Keep checking boxes. And that's, that's great until the, the truest version of yourself really starts to come to the surface and start speaking up. Mm -hmm. And what I, something, something there I didn't even notice until you said it was this idea of you were almost rebelling without even knowing it when you went into something like IT, something that is so yeah. unrepresented for females. You know, mm -hmm. to, to, you were still saying, hey, I'm, I'm kind of rebelling. I'm kind of going against the grain right here. I'm going into an industry where I'm not going to see many people like myself next mm -hmm. to me. And, and so I find that part really interesting. Do you feel as though even back then you could almost recognize some of that identity coming out of you? Yeah, I had a high school teacher. It was a history teacher. He looked at me one day. His teacher was like, Nadia, you're a rebel. And at the time, I was like, totally not. Like, what are you talking about? But now looking back, I was like, totally. He nailed it. And I don't think I, it wasn't as conscious as I can, you know, looking back, you're like, oh, yeah, I can see that. But mm. it was definitely, I was just really good at math. You know, that's where it started for me. I was really good at math. Um, I, I was fascinated with technology and in high school, I really can't it boiled down in my senior year. I was like, I'm either going to become an accountant or I'm going into computer engineering. Please don't ask me how I came up with those two as my only options in right. life, but it was like this or this, right. um, I picked engineering and it's funny because I remember like a lot of my degrees honestly were rebellious degrees like so computer engineering at that time was newer to engineering and it was mm -hmm. kind of a spinoff from computer science and there are some you know minor nuances in in that and I was very set on I wanted computer engineering mm -hmm. I remember interning in college um and my internship at the time it was the goal was that I would intern there there all four or five for me, years of college. And then after I graduated, I would go back, move back to, you know, Jacksonville, mm. where I grew up and just work at this company. And my um, supervisor at the time, you know, he's looking at my, my courses. And he's like, well, this really isn't going to position you in the best way as a computer engineering major, we would really prefer that you switch to computer science. And I was like, no, I don't want to be a computer science major. I want to get an engineering degree. Right. Um, so I said goodbye to that opportunity. And I was just like, we're just going to see what, you know, what happens. Yeah. Um, the same is true for my doctorate. When I finally decided to go back and earn my doctorate, I was like, well, I don't necessarily want to become a college professor. Like I did not see that as my path. Mm -hmm. um, so I was, wasn't necessarily... I had that I had to have a PhD per se. Mm -hmm. um, and then I felt like a lot of African-Americans earned their doctorates in education. <laughs> and because I was like, I don't want to do that. So I ended up getting a degree in the school of business 
a doctor of management, which at Mm -hmm. that time was a fairly new degree. Not a lot of people knew what a DM was. Mm -hmm. And I was willing to take that risk that it'll all work out by the time I graduate and finish school. And so I think, you know, now that we're having this conversation, I can look back and say, there are lots of times when I was was rebellious in terms of the choices that I made for my career. Yeah, that teacher obviously knew what they were talking about when they noticed that way back when. And that's, uh, and, and you know, I, I love stories like that because for me, it's, I think it's really important that we notice when the first sign started to be noticed by other people. Like, because mm-hmm. that for, for me is the universe's way of saying, like, hey, this could be a path that you consider, this could be an approach that you consider. Most importantly, this is a version of yourself that you can consider. And, and mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm hearing from you is this person. It's like, hey, this has been within me for most of, if not all of my life. And at a certain point, it just became almost so compelling for me to buy into this version of myself that starting my own businesses and going down my own path, was it was almost became like an obligation. It's like, I, I am obligated to do this. I'd be crazy not to do this. And yeah. so I'm, I'm curious, like what, what was that transition like? When did those, can you even pinpoint maybe a moment where it was like, hey, to heck with being employed. Let's go, let's jump in, let's do this thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I have to share this because it's, so my husband and I were dating. Mm-hmm. He was the one and he's still very fascinated with business. And I always thought that I would be the one that kept the job and climbed the corporate career ladder and he would be the entrepreneur and I would just be the supportive wife. That was always kind of in the back of my mind that I would play that role when we got married. That is so not what happened. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm in this role and I had, but when I took this particular position, I was kind of in that space of maybe corporate wasn't quite it, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, instead of me just sitting at home, staring at the walls, like I need to do something. So right. I, you know, I just kept working. Right. And so, but this particular job, I honestly have to thank my boss. I can thank her now <laughs> at the time. I was so angry with her, but we just did not from day, almost from the onset. I don't even know why the woman hired me when you think about it, right. because we just really just could not quite find our groove. And mm-hmm. Um, and I think a big part of that though, was I was different in that before I would go into a job and my focus in that job was to do the best job that I could and to excel and just do all the things. And I went into this particular role, wanted to do the best job that I could, but I wasn't necessarily competing to like climb that ladder. It was more, Mm. I just, I'm here to do a great job and I just want to go home. When it really clicked, though, that something had definitely changed for me was the day that I came home from work because I was that employee. I would bring the work home. Like, oh, I didn't mind working 67 hours. We didn't have children. It was just two of us. We could, you know, make it work. Like, it (laughs) wasn't that big of a deal for me. But the day that I came home and I looked at Toby and I said, I will not work another minute over 40 hours a week. And that was the first time ever in my career that I'd ever even thought about only working 40. I was like, who does that? Who only right. works 40 hours? I was like, that is just, <laughs> it was insane. And so I knew then that I needed to do something. And so I ended up hiring a coach to, you know, help me figure out what that next step right. could possibly be. And I remember telling her, I was like, the things that I'd done in the past to make it work for me to be comfortable and staying in corporate aren't working anymore. 
And it was a very strange realization that, wait, I might leave something that obviously I have worked so hard to get here. You know, I have the degrees. Mm -hmm. I have an MBA. Like I am very on paper. And who walks away from all of that into the unknown? And it's like, I want to create this new something. And yeah, I eventually left. (laughs) Well, you know what? This is all... This is all crazy familiar for me because it, it very much resonates with with my story of, of how I started my own business. And I think there's probably people listening to this. First and foremost, this sounds like the beginning of where quiet quitting began. The, the, mm-hmm. this, so, <laughs> this word that this word that's now being thrown around uh, every day on social media, very much similar to that. But I think there'll be people listening to this thinking, "Gosh, I've, I've, I'm either in that situation or I've been in that situation," and what is the best way to handle that? And what I love about this story is the support system, something like your husband to be able to come home with and just say, hey, listen, I I am not doing this anymore, certainly to the way in which I've been doing it. Mm-hmm. And I would have to assume someone as familiar with you as he is to be able to turn around and just say, well, then you need to be doing what's right for you. You need to be doing you, taking care of you. Yeah. And I, I have that same similar situation with a, a boss that I did not get along with for a few weeks and months that I have to thank at this point. Uh, so for for you in that situation, I'm, I'm curious now, when you started to sit down, because I, you know, this is where I can really connect with you in the sense of you make a decision, you start to work your way out of it. What does that in your mind, hey, what what do I need to be doing? How am I going to serve the best Nadia that I can possibly serve? Mm-hmm. It was an interesting transition. Um, so I had a plan, obviously. So there's this plan. It th- things did not go according to plan. So there were some decisions I made. I feel like there were some decisions I made where I was really emotional. Mm-hmm. Um. Going back, I may have made some decisions differently, but you know, I'm out. I quit. Sure. We're done. We're yep. you're making this transition. I think one of the the challenging pieces, although I wouldn't change it, was coming out of corporate and trying to, you know, figure out who is Nadia and what does she want to do. So when I first started in my my business, when I left, I was working with the Nadias of the world, if you will. So I was working with a lot of women who were in corporate, who were in these male dominant fields who wanted to rise through the ranks and were like, how do I rise through the management and leadership ranks and not lose myself and, you know, have my voice heard and still be all of me. And so that was where I started and working with those women. Um, And then eventually, as it happens, when you start a business, um, people start asking you for things that you never considered. So then there were business owners who were like, well, Nadia, you can help us too. Like, what about us? And I'm like, well, what about you guys? Like, I don't like, I don't feel like I'm qualified to work with business owners. I, you know, I haven't been in business that long myself. And that sort of kind of started that transition. I think one of the biggest lessons, actually there's two big lessons that I learned so far on this journey. One was I started out being a coach because one of the main reasons was because the math made sense to me when it was presented. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I could do this. I could, I'm an introvert. I could do it from the comfort of my office. <laughs> I could, you know, do these things and I can make a lot of money, right? <laughs> this is going to be great. Um, so 
So that was the that was one lesson. The other was the fact that while I w- I was really focused, and it's funny because as I'm going through this this next book process, a stat uh, there was a study done by Visa that said most women founders cite pursuing passion as the primary reason they started their business. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I fall in those ranks. So we're not even focused on revenue or profits or money as our primary focus. That was Nadia, totally. And so the second thing that I learned was I needed to learn how to sell because if you're going to have a business, no matter how passionate you may be about the things that you do, you have to be able to master sales to generate revenue. Like it's just, it's basic math. Right. And so what I've learned though, is I'm not a very good coach. I'm not designed that way. And so even the Doyen agency now is somewhat, again, looking back in our conversation, a rebellious because I one day woke up and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is not me. I don't want to, I get the math, but this isn't working for me because I want to work with people in a different way. And so after going through my own process of learning how to sell and I had other women reaching out to me like, Hey, Nadia, you helped me with this. And I loved it. We launched an agency where there were no coaching programs. It was, we're just going to help you make a bunch of money. (laughs) Like I'm going to, and not in that way. Like it was, we're going to come alongside you and support you so that you can go pursue your passion. But now you have money to do Mm. the things, all the other things that you really want to do. And that was kind of how we started. And I remember thinking, I don't know. At the time, I didn't know anyone else that did this. All my friends were coaches or consultants. And I'm the one that's like, I don't want to do any of that. Like I'll support you guys. I will sell your programs for you, but I don't want to do that. And it was a very scary time because people were looking at me a lot of times like, what exactly do you do? And why do you do that? And, you know, like, how do you make money from that? Um, But it really just helped me to, you know, have that path or, you know, to create the success I have now. And now I get to help support other women. And I tell them, you don't have to sell like anyone else. You don't even have to sell like me. Take the things that you learn, infuse it with your personality, your style, and then you go out there and do your thing. And I think that that's one of the cool things that I get to do is I get to, you know, help other women be rebellious and successful at the same time. I, gosh, I, I love the story because it's it's one of those things that w- w- with with this show, sometimes we just have, we have questions back and forth. Sometimes it makes sense to almost go in a more biographical standpoint and, and tell the, the story of your journey. And it, for me, it makes so much more sense to do it this way because we've just heard the genesis of, of what, your business is today, why it is that it's thriving. And it was based on these foundations of Mm -hmm. you staying true to your truest self, pursuing a passion. And then most interestingly, and this is where I connect with you so much, is that you then allowed clients to almost dictate to you how you can best serve them. And mm-hmm. we live in this world where it's like, know your niche, know your niche, know your niche. Like, you, you, know, you, you know what I mean? And, and everyone's pushing it, pushing it, and pushing it. It's like, well, what if we just stop with all that? And for a moment, I just ask people how I can help them. What if, what if, what if they were to tell me that there's this way that I can actually serve them that I myself hadn't even considered? Mm-hmm. Because they see that ability in me. They see that potential in me. And for you to have that type of a support system, and this is something I really want to make, just put a huge exclamation point right next to what I'm saying here to anyone listening, is that if you're ever in a situation where you're trying to grow a business, grow a career, whatever it may be, ask people how. Ask people how you can grow, what it is about you that can maybe best serve your future. Because 
chances are people know stuff about you that you yourself aren't aware of. Totally. <laughs> and th there would be no agency had it not been for those people close to me that were nudging me along, that were calling and asking for my support. Um, and, you know, in this thing, because I just, I learned sales just because I needed to learn sales. I never thought that I would then turn around and teach it to other people. Right. Um, and, but it was just folks that were, they would not let it rest. And so right. for like a year, they were just there in my ear, Nadia, what about this? Nadia, can you do that? What, you know, I'm willing to pay you for this. And I'm like, why, you know, like part of me was like, why, <laughs> why? <laughs> what is going on? Right. Um, but no. And, and so I just listened to it and I went with it. And I think it was that moment. It was like, why are you, why are you making this so hard? Mm. And my husband really helped too. I was having a conversation. He was like, wait a minute. So people are, are seeking you out for support with this. I was like, yes, because <laughs> I'm not advertising it. Like no sure. one even knows for the most part that I know this. Right. right. And um, they're willing to pay you for this. Right. And I was like, mm -hmm. and you enjoy it. And I was like, yeah. And he's just looking at me like, then why aren't you doing more of right. this? Like, I don't understand what the problem is, Nadia. And I was like, oh, you make a good point. It's a strong point. It's a strong point. Yeah. It's not often the husband's right, but occasionally, right. occasionally, <laughs> occasionally we can be right. I hate it when that happens. No, I'm just kidding. Well, let's, let's, uh, before, uh, what, two more things I want to cover here, Nadia. One is, I want to go a little bit more into the book as you just referenced it a little bit earlier. But before we mm -hmm. do that, let's just speak specifically about the Doyen Agency, about what it is that you are serving and what it is that you are doing today. Because for me, again, as someone who's done his homework and looked at the agency and looked at what it is you do, I'm so glad we've gotten to this point in the conversation because I do think it's, it's, it's unique in itself. So I'd love for you just to explain it a little bit more. Yeah, so one of the things that we do is we support business owners in generating revenue. Um, how that has looked mainly since the pandemic is through um, live event support. So even virtual back of room kind of sales support. But we have in the past basically been someone's sales team. Like that's what we did. So a client would literally not have to do any strategy sessions, discovery sessions, sales calls at all. Um, we work with them to put together the process, to, you know, the flow. And then with people would schedule an appointment, we would have those conversations and the client would know when contracts came through or money, you know, like, oh, wait, we just got paid. Amazing. <laughs> um, we haven't done as much of that since the pandemic, just because there's been a lot of stuff going on in my personal life. But next year, we're definitely planning to get back. And then the other thing is just sales training. So just training, helping women to mostly women. We have worked with men, <laughs> but mostly women um, to really just get confident with having sales conversations to help them with their pricing and positioning and those sorts of things so that they can, you know, go out and, and do the things that they really want to do and serve those bigger visions. So those are the things, you know, that I get to do in the agency. It all it all comes back to 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 what you are true to, which is yourself. You're allowing your clients to remain true to them and do what it is they do best. And so for yes. me, I think that is is such a powerful sentiment for a company to be able to provide that to people because in this day and age again you can look all over the internet and look for resources and services and people to pay for something quick and snappy to be done for you whatever it might be and that's all well and good but in the long term if, it, if it's going to create more problems down the road mm -hmm. then it's not allowing you to stay true to your truest self like you're you're very much offering that support system of saying hey stay true to you and we're, yeah. we'll take we'll, in, in a way we'll kind of take care of the rest and i think right. that is 
that's that's beautiful it's it's awesome it's it's wonderful and i I definitely encourage people and all the information about the company is going to be in the show notes uh be sure to go check that out but before i let you go you got to tell us about the upcoming book where i know you do a little bit of work with men with your business but this book is absolutely 100 percent not for men by the sounds (laughs) of it so why don't you go ahead and just tell us exactly what the book's about so the title of the book, <laughs> which is why Steve was like, this is not for men, is uh, is Sell Like a Lady, How to Master Sales with Dignity, Class, and Grace. Um, and this book is really, though, about the mindset around sales and just, you know, sharing my journey, um, sharing the journey of others and just helping women kind of go through that process of how we think about sales, why we may approach sales differently. Um, I felt compelled to write this book because I felt like a lot of our sales training is very masculine and it doesn't always fit how we as women flow. Um, And so I wanted to point that out and just, you know, state the obvious in some ways, like, and, and give people permission to be different. Like it's okay to do sales your way. Um, But to also like dignity, class and grace, like when have you ever heard someone talk about sales and use those words? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but it can be, it can be dignified. You can be gracious. You can be classy. Um, people can have a great experience in a sales conversation. It does not have to be what sometimes we feel like, you know, this whole thing around kind of, sometimes you feel like you have to go into a sales conversation to strong arm people. Or I hear people say, I have to convince them to work with me. Like it doesn't have to be that way, but then how do you create a different reality for your business? And so that's what this book is about. It, for, for what I hear is it's a, a reframing, a reframing what it means to sell, and I, I think that's incredible, especially to me. I don't care if the if the title says "sell uh, sell like a lady" because for me, I, I hear the message of the book, and I think this is this is where I want to gravitate towards in in my work as a coach. I I, mm-hmm. I want to be in a situation where I feel as though I'm not selling at people. It it right. almost makes me scared to my core when I think of this notion of like, hey. I'm going to pick up the phone and sell to someone right now. And I just sort of shake in my boots. I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And what you're saying here is that, hey, there's there's other ways. There's other there's ways of doing way. it where you can still have the mission of the call or the mission of the video, whatever it is, whatever, whatever your intention is can still be the same, but you can do it, like you said, and reframe it in a way that is a, maybe a truer sense of you and allows you to be a more authentic version of you in the process. So Absolutely. I love it. All the inf- uh, we're going to try and time this out as well, actually, with the release of this episode right around when the book's coming out too, just to kind of really uh, help with the momentum of things. And I'll, I'll, I'll do you, you. I'll, I'll do you a solid on that side of things. Um, <laughs> but honestly, Nadia, I, I could talk to you all day. I'm, I'm hopefully you could probably pick up on that. And and for me, I, I think episodes like this are always for me really encouraging for anyone listening because at the heart of so much of what you're talking about is being true to who you are. And and giving it a go, like seeing what's out there and, and, and just saying, hey, things may not work out, but I'm never going to know if I don't find out if I don't give it a go, you know, and, and so this this bold strategy that you've taken towards life, this rebellion, if you will, we use that word so much within this episode, uh, you know, I'm here for it. And nothing screams rebellion more than a bright, loud pink, pink T-shirt <laughs> uh, like the one you wear today. And, and, and I joke with you before we started recording, I'm just I let the team down and didn't wear my pink shirt today. But um, <laughs> Nadia, before I let you go, where can people find you, follow you, tell everybody all the information we need? Yeah, so you can learn more about the agency at our website, thedoyenagency.com. Um, you can grab a copy of the book at selllikealady.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at I am Dr. Nadia. Love it.
All that information will be in the show notes. Nadia, again, thank you so much for your time. It was uh, it was a joy having you on and, and best of luck with the book and everything else moving forwards. Thank you, Steve. And my thanks again to Nadia for joining us on the show today. Tons of energy within our discussion. And how could there not be when you hear the type of story that she's been on and just the way in which the many chapters have specific themes and for me, one of the major themes that came out of her discussion was this ability to really evaluate her sense of self because she was getting plenty of feedback through the years, whether it was through school, whether it was through her first one or two jobs within the corporate space, whatever it may be, the feedback was there and she was able to hear it, feel it and sense that there was something that she could be doing that maybe goes beyond what it was that she was currently doing, that she was capable of more. And I think that is something that we all hear within ourselves at some point, maybe on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, an annual basis, whatever it is. But it's up to us to listen to that voice. And Nadia clearly has listened to that voice and so many voices encouraging her around her throughout her life. So when we talk about being competitive within our lives and within our careers, we have to be willing to listen to ourselves, trust ourselves, and then whenever we maybe question that, go to the people that know us best, go to our support system, ask them, are you crazy about this idea or is this something that they can see you doing as well? And I assure you that the majority of the time, if not all the time, people are going to turn around and say, of course, this is what you can be doing because I see the ability, I see the potential. But how can you have that conversation if you don't bridge that conversation in the first place? So the evidence is just all across Nadia's journey, this ability to recognize what she's capable of, who her truest self is, and then to also be listening to her support system and taking that encouragement to take action and really start to shift her life in a way where she can become her own boss, have a thriving company, and of course, be an author as well. And one funny thing that we talked about off the air was that even though the book is Sell Like a Lady, if you are a guy listening to this and you manage women, you would be crazy not to actually buy this book. What better way to manage women specifically within the sales industry than by knowing how to sell like a lady? Understand the people that you are leading. So I really encourage just about anyone to consider this book, especially men out there that are responsible for managing and leading women within the sales space. Just a little something I wanted to add on there as we joked about the notion that the book was strictly for women in the interview. I really think that there's also a space for men in specific industries as well. But listen, cannot thank Nadia enough for her time, her energy, and all the amazing insight throughout her journey and throughout her career that she was able to provide us here today. But we are not slowing down. As always, people, more and more episodes coming. There's so many reasons to be tuning in, subscribing, and following the show. Please leave us a rating if you enjoyed what you heard today. Don't just enjoy it and carry on with the rest of your day. Let me know through a rating. Let me know by reaching out to me too, steve at careercompetitor.com. Would love to hear from you. And of course, share it with your friends as well. But in the meantime, best of luck with anything and everything that you've got going on within your life and your career. And I look forward to speaking with you all again very soon. Bye for now.